Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. But you know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. Man, we are saving people money left and right over at SaveWithConrad.com. But don't take my word for it. Check out ConradReviews.com. Here's what you'll find over there. A five-star review from Joseph in Alexandria, Virginia. He says, once again, Conrad and his team hit a home run. Jimmy, as always, kept in constant communication during the whole process, gave us options, and made the process smooth and easy. Who knew listening to a wrestling podcast would help me out financially? And here's another five-star review from Ian F. in Pottstown, PA. Always fast to respond to any questions I had, and boy, did I have a lot. Thankfully, they cut two years off my old mortgage and saved $80,000 over the life of the loan. $80,000? Are you kidding me? He's a wrestling fan who listens to this podcast just like you and his family, and his family gets to keep an extra $80,000. Now, without calling SaveWithConrad.com, they would have worked for that money, paid taxes on it, and then just given it away. Don't do that. Keep more of your own money. Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. And I'm talking to you if you're in a 30-year loan, if you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It really is a matter of how much rates are at near historic lows. And there's never been a better time to refinance than right now. Your house is worth more than ever. You have more equity than ever before. And what does that represent to you? The biggest opportunity to change your life financially once and for all. You can get the best rate you've ever had on a mortgage. You can get rid of all your credit card debt, saving five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And here's the deal guys. Once you owe this money, it's up to you how you pay it back. Doesn't it make sense to pay it back at the cheapest rate possible and the greatest tax deduction possible? This is a once in a lifetime opportunity and you need to take advantage of it. You can even pull some cash out to do some remodeling around the house. What if some of that equity you've got, you used to put a pool in the back or maybe add a new office or even better, a man cave. Come on, get you some of that. It sounds too good to be true, but we can do it for you too right now. And again, you don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. Punch it in. It's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Check it out. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. So a lot of us have been through this, you know, finding that person you want to spend the rest of your life with is great, but you hate all the pressure of what's next. Of course, there's all the engagement talk, but then there's the pressure from actually shopping for a ring, hassle, haggling, finding a store to trust, trying to figure out the four C's discounts, sales, coupons, styles, and all the other nonsense. But at least those are all fantastic reasons to put off getting engaged. And that's why guys really hate Steven Singer. 
He takes away every excuse in the book about not buying the ring. And he makes it so easy. I hate Steven Singer. Steven Singer is a Philly jeweler that has been making it so easy to buy real diamonds for over four decades. He specializes in diamond engagement rings and has a staff of real experts, real jewelers, real people that are ready to help you find the perfect ring or gift at the perfect price. There's no call center. There's no sales. There's no haggling. There's no coupon codes. There's no discounts, just the best price possible, guaranteeing the best value every single day. Check Steven out at the other corner of eighth and Walnut and Philly. And by the way, they're open now. You don't need an appointment. Just stop by or online at I hate always with fast and free shipping. That's I hate Steven Or if you're in the area, go check him out anytime at the other corner of eighth and Walnut and Philly. As for me here in Alabama, I'm going to check out. I hate Steven and you should too. Welcome to something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Well, you know. That's not a rib. She pooted. She pooted. What a rib. No, you have a meat. There's no box of gimmicks. Rumor and innuendo. I don't deal in rumor and innuendo. Was he there? I was there. I don't give a shit. I ain't scared. Scared to shut him. Thank you, Bruce. Ah, Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Bruce, what's going on, man? How are you? Hello, Paul. Hey, hey, cut that shit out. I'm back. I'm allowed to take a day off every now and again, and I missed a show. Big deal. I'm back. Where were you? Uh, I was in Las Vegas. There was some guy that like my, my thing went do, 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 diddly, do, 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 diddly, do, do. And uh, you know, that's your fucking sound on the thingy computer thingy that I hit the button and there's a bald dude there and he's like, Hey, 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 I'm Mike. And I, I'm sorry. And then he started asking me questions. Well, you know, here's since we tried with me being out. Maybe the next time you have to be out, what if I just called Dr. Tom and he just did his Jim Cornette impression? Okay. I'm just saying that way we can let Why don't you try that. Why don't you try that? See how that works out for you. (laughs) I'm just glad you had time today on America's birthday. No less. We're putting one in the can early daddy. Well, that's what I do, man. 
Oh, of course. I, I missed her early and fucking on top of shit. Well, I've been up since 7.30 this morning. Because here's where I was confused. You told me the time that you were going to do other things, and so that confused me because I was thinking that, well, hell, I'm an hour behind him when really I'm an hour ahead of you. And then so I was an hour behind, but I was really ahead. So therefore, that was extra time that I was up and just didn't know really what the fuck to do. Well, and now here we are, rip roaring, ready to go to talk about Bret Hart's 1993. Uh, we have had a lot of fun talking about Bret over the years here on the show, but we've not really broken down, uh, his 93, which I think is a, there it is a very pivotal year in his career. Uh, Brett's the top guy, but we're going to get someone to replace him, but he's still the workhorse. We're going to start 93 with Bret Hart as the WWF champion. He's being built to face razor Ramon at the Royal rumble. This is a, an interesting time in Brett's career. You know, he was tag team specialist for so long has the big intercontinental run. He beat, uh, Mr. Perfect at SummerSlam and Madison square garden in 91, 92. He really is going to get the quote unquote rocket strapped to him. He's going to have Ric Flair submit to him in Canada and become the world champ for the first time. What's Brett's attitude starting the new year as the champ? Well, by this point, I think the Brett was looking at it as this is a brand new adventure and the Brett's going to be the man and kind of figuring when you look at past champions, uh, in particular Hulk and the ultimate warrior that Brett's looking at it as like, okay, man, the, the company's on my back, the ball's in my court, you know, let's go. And I think that was Brett's attitude right about this time coming into everything. Trade pros. Whether you specialize in service or new construction, Ferguson knows firsthand how much work goes into a long day on the job, which is why we're committed to offering the products and solutions to get every job done right. With over a thousand locations, an unmatched selection of specialty products, tools, and supplies, our pro pickup and same or next day delivery, you can trust that doing business with Ferguson will be the easiest part of your hard day's work. Visit ferguson.com to find a counter location near you. I know this sounds silly and you're going to make fun and you're going to point and laugh and I'm ready for it. (laughs) But wrestling fans, a lot of times get caught up in what we've been reading things like the observer and the torch and things like that. And obviously as you're talking about this transition period, for lack of a better word, where we're going from Hulk Hogan and ultimate warrior style main events to now Bret Hart's the champ. He's going to be going on last. He's the main event. That's going to raise the overall match quality. And I don't even think that's really up for debate. Was that a conscious decision? by Vince McMahon, or was he more interested in, Hey, who do we think is, is going to be the next big draw? Because those are sometimes two totally different things. Who can you get the best match out of? And who's the best draw? Clearly he's in the business of professional wrestling to make money and sell tickets and promote events. And you need your biggest draw possible for that. There's been a huge groundswell of support in Europe, especially for Brett. You're getting inundated with letters. Anytime he's on the card, it's a sellout for whatever reason. Europe loves Bret Hart. Um, how important was we're going to make sure we've got better matches. Is that even on Vince's radar in this era? 
Well, first of all, you're in the business of sports entertainment. Yes. So you, you got to entertain people and it is a business. So you're looking at what's going to draw, what is going to make the most money. Um, if a good match is a part of that, that's a bonus. Um, you know, Hulk Hogan wasn't the greatest worker in the world, nor was the ultimate warrior. However, they drew. People came to see them in droves. They sold a lot of merchandise in droves. So for business, that's what you're looking for. And for the people that read dirt sheets, and that's the only way they get their information, I feel very sorry for them um, because most of the time it's misinformation and lies and gossip. Um, but to those people that enjoy that, yeah, there's that on the card as well. And if you can please everybody, that's a beautiful balance to, to do. Problem is you can't please everybody all the time. So there's another major change that's happening here for the world wrestling federation. Um, they're going to change from primetime wrestling to Monday night raw. And it feels like a major moment that the company is changing directions really in more ways than one, not just in who was our champion and what's he about and what's he look like, but also how do we present our product? 93 is a critical year on all fronts. Is it not? Yeah, it's definitely a year of change. It's definitely a year of, you know, looking at formulas and looking at things that have done been done in the past and looking to, deviate on those formulas and looking for new ways to present the product. Before we get to uh, Brett and razor, I want to note that at the turn of the year, Brett's working house shows with a lot of people, including Rick flair before Rick's going to finish up in January after the rumble doing that whole loser leaves match with perfect. He's even doing marathon matches, which I guess we'll call in the future. Iron man matches. Do you remember Brett here in, in late 92, early 93 expressing any dissatisfaction with working with Rick? Because I know that that would become a hot button issue years later. I think that once Brett had the opportunity to work with Rick, that he kind of realized Rick had fallen into, I don't want to call him a one trick pony, but Rick had his match. Rick had his style down and Rick was going to work the way Rick was going to work. And Brett, I think kind of prided himself on having different matches and being able to do different things all the time and didn't feel that he could do that with Rick. Uh, Brett scheduled to face Bam Bam Bigelow to headline an MSG show. And there's also talks of Brett versus Doink to headline some shows. Is the heel side of the roster just depleted? Pretty much at this point. Yeah. I mean, it it was definitely struggling, but at the same time, you're, you're kind of looking for new as well. And, uh, they're still, if you bring someone and you put them in on top, then they're going to be viewed as a top guy. That's the hope. And Doink had a lot of momentum, if that's what you're referring to. I mean, Doink the Clown was somebody that came in, got over, and had a shitload of momentum going for him. The Matt Bourne Doink. Talk I always have to preface that. It's a fact that a child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than an adult's and leaving a child in a hot vehicle can lead to their death very quickly. Sadly, in 2020, 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke, and many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car. 
unintentionally leaving a child in a car is a tragedy and it can happen to anyone. Please set yourself reminders on your cell phone or place something you'll need in the back seat to help you remember that your child is still in the car. If your partner or caregiver is taking your child to daycare, check with them or the child care staff to make sure that the child was dropped off. And when you've arrived at your destination, always check to make sure the car is empty. Heat stroke deaths are preventable when adults take the proper precautions. Be safe and always look for your baby before you lock. Paid for by NHTSA. Talk to me a little bit about Hulk Hogan. Uh, it makes the uh, newsletters, uh, the torch and the observer that, uh, I guess effectively Hulk Hogan sniffing around again is, is he reaching out to the company because he sees this as an opportunity maybe where he could, um, I don't know, have some value, get a big payday for himself. Or is Vince starting to worry? Hey man, do we have the star power here that we need? Uh, for 1993. Well, I, I don't know about the term Hulk sniffing around. I think that, you know, well, first of all, Hulk and Vince have always had dialogue. Even when Hulk was in WCW, Hulk and Vince always had dialogue, good, bad, or indifferent. There was always discussions and there was always talk because, you know, there was also a friendship there. It was sometimes a love hate relationship, but there was a relationship and a friendship there that, um, yeah, Hulk was always looking, you know, what you got brother, uh, no matter who it was and where it was. So let's get to the rumble match. We should mention that uh, razor's coming in with a bad knee. Uh, they'd still have a good match though. Three and a quarter stars. According to the observer, 17 minutes and 52 seconds is what it takes for Brett to win with the sharpshooter. Um, what'd you think of the match? Brett wrote in his book that razor was quote unquote, still so green. And, uh, I'm curious to hear your take on this match. Well, I thought that the match was good and, and green or not, um, you know, razor wasn't that damn green, but razor, it was a different style and razors deceptively big son of a bitch, man. Scott Hall's a big guy. Um, but I thought that they, they worked well together. And, and I think that Razor was the type of character and the type of worker that could adapt to anybody's style. And that uh, I thought that it looked good. I thought that they did a good job together. Yokozuna is going to uh, win the Rumble. So the main event is determined now for WrestleMania. It's Brett versus Yoko. And this is really the first Rumble that had the stipulation where the winner was guaranteed a match at WrestleMania. What did Brett think of Yoko being moved to the top of the card? Was he excited to work with him? Uh, I think everybody, I think everybody on the babyface side was a uh, little excited. It was brand new, so it was fresh and it was different. And I dare say, beyond Andre the Giant, that there wasn't a a heel like Yoko uh, anywhere in the business, especially at that time. I think that some of the bigger guys in the history of the business had been positioned as baby faces and you, you can go back to Haystacks Calhoun, Happy Humphrey, Andre, uh, the McGuire twins, but big guys like that were positioned as baby faces for the most part. And in comes this, you know, big killer Yokozuna that is going through everybody and, and decisively to the point where you're looking at it going, how do you stop it? It's going to be an interesting story. I'm excited for us to dig down into it. We should mention again, the, uh, 
the Monday night war thing, we still haven't really embraced what it's going to become. He doesn't even wrestle. He being Brett pronouns, pal on the show until March 1st, he faces Fatu and goes 15 minutes and six seconds before getting the win with a sharpshooter. So it's almost two months from the time the show was relaunched to when the world champion is in the ring on the show. Uh, we're still figuring out sort of what the new normal is and what the direction of raw should be, I assume. Right. Well, no, I mean, you know, again, we go back and you go back in the archives and, and listen to some of the things about what raw was supposed to be in the beginning. And, and I always laugh at it when I go back and think about what we were trying to do and what we were trying to do from a budget standpoint, we had primetime wrestling on Monday nights where we would bring in a lot of talent and as guests and do kind of a panel type television show. As we looked at it, that was becoming very expensive to pull people off of the road in the middle of tours to come in and do this. And then you had to put them up in hotels and what have you. Business overall was kind of down. And the thought of, do we concentrate on the Northeast and do we maybe build an arena in Stanford, you know, take the warehouse that we had at the time and turn that into an actual studio arena? Um, it was the warehouse was attached to the studio and, and that was the, the thought starter of Monday night raw. And it e evolved into the Manhattan center and what have you, but it was a way to save money initially to do a live television show, have the tour come through in the Northeast, have talent, um, there and do, do a live show. Some one hour live show. It, it was more than anything to save money and try and I don't know, present present the product in a different light. I'm just saying a decade prior, you know, when when TBS was all the rage and it was the first superstation that you could get coast to coast, Ric Flair didn't wrestle on there every week as the world champion. It was it was rare that you saw him. If you wanted to see him, he'd you come bet. out and do interviews, but if you want to see him wrestle, you gotta come buy a ticket. And this right. is before television rights and all that are really all the rage. And yeah, there may be line items. You're getting a little bit here, there, but by and large, you're a live event company. You're a pay-per-view company. If you want to see the world champion, you better buy a ticket or, or go down and, and buy a pay-per-view, right? Absolutely. And this was an opportunity to expose your stars, but we also wanted to give them a little extra and to have a little bit more competitive matches. Um, not to the extent of what it would become. However, this was the infancy of trying to do that. Uh, what we've talked about a lot in our archives over at something maybe one of the most heated debates we ever had was the program between Brett and Hulk. Of course, it was all hypothetical, uh, but check out Hulk Hogan in 1993. If you want to hear more on that, but at this point, Brett's the top guy, but quickly Hogan starts being promoted as the stop, the top star for the upcoming WrestleMania, because anytime Hogan's making an appearance, it's going to be the talk of the promotion. So he's coming back. Do you remember Brett having a concern that Hogan was coming back or was he excited thinking, Hey, maybe this is a chance I can work with him as a single. A little bit of both. I think that Brett was excited and looking forward to the opportunity to work with Hulk. And then also, you know, I think there's a little bit of, we didn't really know 
Okay, great. Hulk's back. Hulk's back for WrestleMania, and, and at the time, in the very beginning, there there wasn't a lot of. We know that Hulk's going to be here for the long run, and is, you know, the much much debated, which people don't seem to understand, and I'm not even going to try and explain it for the hundredth time, um, of, of bringing Hulk back and and what we did with Hulk. Um, you know, I think Hulk was always looked at as a as a short term deal. So Brett's going to start working Yokozuna on the house show loops, and I'm sure they're doing this to, you know, make sure their WrestleMania match is tight. Do you remember hearing reports on any of those house show matches? Yeah. I mean, there was, look, there was chemistry. Rodney was excellent. And Brett was the type of guy that, that could work pretty much with any adversary and make it look good. So it was all positive from that vein. What do you remember the original plans being for Brett here? The rumor in innuendo, and we've talked a lot about it, is that we were going to wind up with Brett and Hulk at SummerSlam. Was Brett always scheduled to win the King of the Ring tournament to build to that? Oh, pretty much. You know, the, the thought was, in many respects, you know, as you're looking at it, um, you, you had Brett, but as we got closer to WrestleMania and you're, you're watching Yokozuna and you're, you're hearing these reports and you're seeing everything on the live events. It's like, man, we haven't had a heel champion that, that is a threat in forever. And the thought was if there was ever a guy that you could, put the championship on that would be Yokozuna that would be a real threat that was a nasty heel that was an unbeatable heel it's like how the hell you know how do you get him down how do you pin him how do you beat him and that was kind of the thought processes as we were going through there were a lot of there were just so many things okay do we have Hulk do we not have Hulk well Hulk wants to make his farewell tour in in overseas and and all that shit um what do we have? And there was a lot of unknown. There was a lot of uncertainty because Hulk wouldn't commit. And Brett wasn't, you know, setting, setting the world on fire either as champion. Do you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? I mean, is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who all have more tools and more time, and you don't stand a chance until now. Introducing Stat Hero, it's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head to head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineup ahead of time. Nobody else does that. This has been my experience. It's why I made the switch. I got to tell you, I'm all about that action, boss. And I'm a little bit of a grinder, but I am a huge fan of the way Stat Hero does this. It's totally changed my approach to daily fantasy sports. I feel like I'm in control. Stat Hero is the daily fantasy sports concept the way it was always meant to be, at least in my opinion. I don't want to play a bunch of nameless, faceless strangers. I want to go head to head and I want to beat my buddies. That's the reason I've always been in small leagues. But now that Stat Heroes here, dude, I can do this everywhere online. One on one. 
Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash wrestle and sign up for free. And right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash wrestle. That's stathero.com slash wrestle. Restrictions apply. See stathero.com for details, but go to stathero.com slash wrestle. So Brett wrote in his book a lot about one day in the locker room on the way to WrestleMania. I'm assuming when they're doing these house shows, he has Yoko just lay down so he can see, is it possible for me to even put the sharpshooter around these gargantuan tree limbs here that you have for legs, uh, or tree tree trunks. In fact, anyway, he can, so he feels like, all right, I'm getting my shit together. I'm going over. And he also wrote in his book that he had no idea he was going to drop the title to Yoko at mania until the night before. And he was crushed. Of course, the match itself goes just under nine minutes and, uh, it gets three stars. Of course, Mr. Fuji threw salt and heart's eyes. Yoko's going to cover him for the pin. And then we know what happens, but, uh, Brett wrote in his book that Yoko blew up and cut off Brett's spots and went home earlier than they had originally discussed. And as a result, Brett is furious. Do you remember talking to Brett about the match afterwards or was the conversation strictly about Hogan? Uh, you know, Brett was upset. Look, no doubt about it. Brett was upset. And, um, I don't remember when, when Vince had the talk with Brett probably was the night before because we hadn't really made the decision until the day before. So there was, there was a lot going back and forth and, and is this the right thing to do? What should we do? And, and I think that, uh, you know, Vince going with his gut, we, we did what we eventually did as far as the match going shorter. Uh, that was a timing issue and nothing more, nothing less. The show had gone long and we were at a point where to make sure that we got everything in that some of the time was cut off on that. And they got that midway through, and that was that was a Vince call at the time that, you know, let's go. We got to go because we got to make sure that we get everything else in. I don't think even and, Brett knew that. I think Brett still to this day thinks Yoko cut it off. But you're saying it was communicated to the well, referee. I'm telling you, yeah, it was communicated. It was communicated while they were in the ring. Yes. So, so it goes to the ref. The ref tells Yoko. Yoko no, we tells didn't have, Brett. We didn't have IFBs at the time, but yes, we got the cue to the referee through timekeeper and let him know that we, you know, we need to go and we need to go now. Got it. So, um, that, that was a call from, that was a call from us looking at it and going, okay, here, we've got X, X amount of time. Um, probably debate as to where that time should have gone, but at the same time, you know, hindsight being 2020, you, you gotta be careful and, and you've got to make sure that, that you get everything on the air back in those days, because at whatever time it was, you had your, your three or your four hour window and you had five minutes, you had to be off at 55, five minutes before the hour so that they could rewind the tapes for the replays. <laughs> you know, it's, it was an antiquated system. It wasn't digital. It wasn't the way that things are now is a completely different world in which we lived. So, you had to hit your times and you had to get things off, you know, early is, is preferable. So that's why, you know, we kind of rushed the match and, and I regret it. Um, because I think that Brett could have had a hell of a match with Yoko. 
And he has had great matches with Yoko. Uh, Brett also wrote in his book that, um, he felt like this was Yokozuna's best match ever. Do you agree with that? That perhaps this was Yoko's best performance up until that, up until that time. Yeah. I think Yoko had a lot of great matches, frankly. Well, it's all the backdrop to Hulk Hogan coming out. And this is Brett's first time main eventing WrestleMania. Uh, and, uh, as I've told the story before, I made the call to my friend, Hey man, uh, who won Yokozuna or Bret Hart Hulk Hogan. Wait a minute. No, no. I'm saying for the world title, like who's the, who's the world champion. Is it Bret Hart or is it Yokozuna? Oh, Hulk Hogan. So let me stop you there. Yeah. So as a fan, since you didn't see it live, right. Did that not make you want to see it? Yes, it did. See what happened? That did. Okay. My point is Brett had to be devastated and feel like his chance at the top. Cause he, he's always painted the picture. I was a loyal soldier. I was the best performer. I never missed any matches. I never hurt anybody, et cetera, et cetera. I was over like Rover did everything right. Blah, blah, blah. But as soon as I get going, they yank the rug out from under me and give it to Hogan again. That was at least the way he has expressed in a roundabout way, his feelings in the years past. Was it all over him at the time? Was it just written all over his face? Was he been in your ear about it? What do you remember? Oh God. Yeah. No, Brett was definitely upset. Brett, you know, I think looked at it as a, you know, a lack of confidence that, okay, man, here I am, I'm going. And, and now they're going in a completely different direction in an old direction at that. Um, not realizing that it was, it was temporary. Um, and yeah, man, he's in a big spot. He's got his family there. Everybody's, everybody's there, you know, basically in his eyes for him. And I think, I think that that would be a kick in the gut to anybody just to go out and you're, you're presumably at the top of your game. Definitely. In his career at that point, that was the highest he'd ever gotten. So yeah, he's looking at it. This is this is major. This is the biggest deal that he could possibly imagine. And bravo, somebody else is is walking out. I got people all over uh, Alabama calling their friends saying who won, and his name isn't the one being mentioned. It's not even the guy that was in the match. Yeah, man, that was kicking the nuts to him. In May, Brett wrote in his book that, uh, he does the photo shoot with him and Hulk, uh, playing tug of war with the title to build to SummerSlam, And this has been something that people talk about to this day. Uh, I know you weren't at the shoot, but anything else you can add to this? Because uh, people are listening right now with bated breath. About what? Uh, I, I, no, I wasn't at the shoot. I remember the shot, but it was. It was one that we definitely were, were looking at and hoping to get, but beyond that, I think that it was never promised. It was never guaranteed. And it was simply something that was discussed. And I don't know that even at, at that point that it had been thoroughly discussed with, with Hulk and or Brett mentioned. Well, yes, but, but Hey, here's what we're going to do. No. Uh, it's kind of ironic that the next pay-per-view is King of the ring where Brett is going to be relied on to do three long singles matches and then eventually become King of the ring. Meanwhile, Hulk shows up with the belt, does a job to Yoko in seven minutes and goes away. 
Well, there was a mysterious photographer at ringside. And as we have researched, you know, this took like about 35 years to, to research and, and find the real answer. And it was a, it was a Japanese uh, photographer that from Gong magazine that actually planted that fireball in his camera to burn Hulk and blind him. In in Brett's book, he writes that Vince McMahon phoned him one night and told him flat out that Hulk won't put you over Brett. Is that how you remember it? No, I remember his discussion in dressing room, but um, he could have phoned him. That definitely could have happened. Tell us about the dressing room. No, I just saying that it, it, I believe it at a, a television in Vince's office, I believe they had that discussion and whether or not Vince called him at night, I, I, I don't stay with Brett 24 hours a day, nor Vince. So yeah, that definitely could have happened. Tell me about Brett and his involvement in his creative. Is he coming to you or Vince or Pat or somebody and saying, Hey, here's what I'd like to do. Or what about this? Is he pitching ideas or is he just waiting on you guys to bring, bring stuff to him? Well, from my vantage point, Brett waited a lot on us to, to bring things to him. And Brett could be, you know, very much, uh, <laughs> in the vein of, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think that works. I think I should just beat him. I'm just thinking, um, listen, we both think of the world of Jerry Lawler. I mean, what a performer, you know, not only as a, as a commentator, but as an in-ring performer, not just in the WWF, but what he did in Memphis for decades, uh, as a promoter, as a performer, I mean, just an unbelievable talent, but he ain't Hulk Hogan. So, Hey buddy, I know you're disappointed that you're no longer champ, but we're going to let you win King of the ring. Yeah. You got to work three matches, but we're going to make you King of the ring. And then we're going to put you in a program with Jerry Lawler. Is this to placate Brett? I mean, he is a legend, but it's not quite Hulk Hogan and King of the rings. Nice, but it's not quite the WWF world title. Is this just a way to keep him in a good spot? Keep him, keep him happy. Talk me through the creative and how we pivot to Jerry Lawler. Well, I think it was the best story that we had at the time. It was Brett coming off of the WWE championship, created a new basically title, not to be defended, but to be the King, um, in Bret Hart. And we had recently started doing business with a guy that had called himself the King his entire career in Jerry Lawler. So I think that Brett kind of looked at Lawler as guy worked Memphis. Okay, great. He did business in Memphis. That's one city, one market in a small state. All right, boys and girls, it's summer camping season. So you know what we're talking about. Pitching tents. Come on. You know, Blue Chew was sponsoring this episode and you know that confidence can take you far in life. It can also help in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's when Blue Chew comes in. You see, Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take these dudes anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Got to close that deal, daddy. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. 
So no more doctor's visits to the office, no more awkward conversation, no more standing in line at the pharmacy. And maybe best of all, blue chew is made right here in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package. And by the way, when that package arrives, people get excited to see the postman. You know, back in the day, we used to be excited to get mail. Now it's time to deliver the goods because once you open that discreet package, well, your package is going to be ready. Daddy. They always say that, uh, first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? This is going to be a long lasting impression. I've heard over the years, women say that, uh, confidence is sexy. Well, blue chew can help you get that confidence where it counts. If you could benefit from a little extra confidence when it's time to perform blue chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try blue chew for free. Huh? I said free. When you use our promo code wrestle at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is wrestle and you'll receive your first month for free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank blue chew for sponsoring this episode and your hard ding dong. Seriously. Try it. Bluechew.com promo code wrestle. So he's going into uh, king of the ring with an injured ankle. He being Brett pronouns, pal. Um, was there any concern that Brett wouldn't be able to go or was Brett a gamer and he'll find a way to rub some dirt on it and get through. Yeah. I don't ever remember Brett complaining about being injured. So that may be something that, that he had that I don't think anybody else was really, um, aware of interesting note in Brett's book. He says that he, uh, again, he wrestles three times here. We'll, we'll run through those matches in a moment. But he wrote in his book that Pat told him not to use the sharpshooter for any of the finishes. Do you know why? Yeah. To be different, to show that he was the excellent of execution and to be able to show that he can beat you in any, any way. Well, he's going to beat razor Ramon in 10 minutes and 27 seconds. It was the first match on the card. Uh, Ramon's going to signal for the razor's edge, but Hart turns it into a cradle for a near fall. Then razor goes for a backward suplex, but Hart turns in midair and falls on him for the three count. And, uh, it's technically the first King of the ring tournament match on WWF pay-per-view. And I guess it really set the pace or it set the tone for a fun night of matches because he starts with razor at 10 and a half minutes. And then he works with perfect for nearly 19 minutes, 1855. Uh, Meltzer would say they exchanged moves early with the storyline to show that Hart was the better scientific wrestler as he won all the spots. Uh, in the end, they're doing a, uh, a cradle Hart ends up winning after reversing an inside cradle and then both shake hands to make sure the perfect, the, the fans know that perfect isn't really a bad guy, but Meltzer loved it. He gave it four and a quarter stars. And then the last match it's uh Brett versus Bigelow. Again, 18 minutes and 11 seconds. That's a long time for a big fella. Uh, Hart's coming in injured and exhausted. So Bigelow's going to dominate him. And Meltzer would say for such a climatic match, there was very little crowd reaction early. Eventually they do start to get with it. The last eight minutes were hot action with both men getting near falls, ending with Hart getting the pin with a victory roll three and three quarter stars. So it's kind of a cool moment here. I guess we should mention too, that, um, they tease that there's going to be a DQ, but then restart it either way. Brett is the king of the ring, besting Bigelow, perfect and razor long matches, quite a performance from Brett. This, I know a lot of people still talk about this show 
primarily for it being Hogan swan song, but this really is the Bret Hart show King of the ring 93. Is it not? Absolutely. It was. And I think that it was again, a rebuilding that confidence in Brett that Brett, you know, not only is worthy of being the champion, but put him in a, in a position like King of the ring, having three matches in one night. And he comes out victorious at the end and it gets to show everybody exactly what he, what he could do. So yeah, it was, this was Bill Brett back night. It's uh it's a very special night for Bret Hart's career. And he had three really good matches again with Bigelow. Meltzer gave it three and three quarter stars with perfect. He gave it four and a quarter with razor. He gave it three stars, solid performances of the three. Did you have a favorite Ramon? Oh my Bigelow God. Perfect. perfect was you know, and, and part of the, the thing was you go back to um, SummerSlam, what was it, 91? Yep. That Perfect and Brett just tore the house down. Stole the, the show. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, yes. unbelievable show. And, you know, here again, I think that they just had chemistry. They, they could just go out and having not seen, touched, talk to each other in 10 years. And I think that they would go out and get in the ring, having seen each other for the first time and all that time and tear the house down and never discuss a single spot. Talk That's the kind of performers they were. We all know that starting something new can be nerve wracking. Wouldn't you like to know beforehand, whether it was going to work out or not? Well, credit karma can give you more confidence before you make a decision. Credit Karma's game-changing technology shows you tailored offers for credit cards and personal loans that you're more likely to be approved for, so you can apply with more confidence. They use your credit and other financial information to show you custom recommendations. Whether you want cash back, travel rewards, or to consolidate debt, Credit Karma can help you find the offers that fit your goals. With a selection of options and approval odds, you have the power to make informed decisions. Credit Karma, apply with confidence. Go to creditkarma.com slash podcast to learn more and find tailored offers just for you. That's creditkarma.com slash podcast, or you can see your offers on the Credit Karma app. Apply with confidence today. Go to creditkarma.com slash podcast or the Credit Karma app. You'd be glad you did. Do you think, uh, and I'm not saying this to be funny, do you think this was perhaps... Um, Kurt's last great match this mother's day and father's day. Look no further for the perfect gift than paintyourlife.com. It's worked for me every time. And when I say every time, I mean it, I've used paintyourlife.com to bring tears to the eyes of my mom, my dad, even my father-in-law. And right now I'm ordering one for my mother-in-law all from paintyourlife.com. My mother-in-law's life is her dog, Missy. And this year, my wife and I knew exactly what to get my mother-in-law for Mother's Day, a painting of Missy. It really is that simple, too. All we needed was a a picture from our phone. Boom, we're up and running. You see, PaintYourLife.com can really create a hand-painted portrait to fit almost any budget. And it's the perfect gift for your mother, your father, or both. I've used it, as I said, on almost every person in my life. I've given these to my wife. I've given it to my cousin, my mom, my dad, my father-in-law. If I'm looking to give a truly meaningful, personable gift, I know the paintyourlife.com has my back and they're going to make it easy. You can go ahead and start the entire process in less than five minutes. 
And what's really cool about painterlife.com is they can even combine photos. Maybe you want to put two people who never met in one of your favorite vacation spots. You can do that. Just upload the photos. Bam. You're good to go. Maybe grandpa never got to meet his grandson with painterlife.com. That can become a reality. You can put people and places together, even if they've never been there. You pick the artist, you pick the medium. Do you want oil, acrylic, watercolor, charcoal? You can even go ahead and pick out an awesome frame. The whole process to get started, as I said, takes less than five minutes, and you can actually get your painting in as little as two weeks. But you work hand-in-hand -hand with the artist to get every detail perfect. If you're looking to get those waterworks going, to have your mom or your dad tear that paper and just almost be overcome with emotion, that's what I got, and I've never gotten that reaction to a gift card. You can give the most meaningful gift you've ever given at paintyourlife.com. There's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, as a limited time offer, get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. Now, to get this special offer, just text the word WRESTLE to 87204. That's WRESTLE to 87204. Text WRESTLE to 87204. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Message and data rates may apply. See paintyourlife.com slash terms for details. Yeah, probably so. I mean, I'm not saying that to be disparaging. I know he's going to continue to work matches, you know, with Shawn Michaels and a lot of other guys along the way, I think, but, or maybe that was after, I don't know. It just feels like this might be his last really, really great match. I think, no, I think you're right. Because after that, you know, the, uh, Kurt's injuries and everything that kept him out of the ring for a while and, and what have you. I think that this was, this was the last time that Kurt had a dance partner that he could really shine. And same thing for Brett. I thought that it was excellent and it was, you know, a good pairing. And that, uh, as you said, these two had awesome natural chemistry and showed it every single time that they got into the ring. So it was it was good. It was good for Brett. And I think it was great for Kurt as well, because it showed that, well, you know what, man, he's still got it. And how important was it, you know, in that last match, the finals with Bigelow to tease that Bigelow had won. Cause that is the way it was fr framed and positioned until referee Earl Hebner ran down and explained, no, that was outside interference. And rather than it being a DQ, they restarted, but that's sort of fake takeaway because after he wins two times, you got to think, Oh, well, he's definitely going to win this. But when we tease, no Bigelow won, it keeps fans on the edge of their seat and where they really have to keep guessing, right? It's a Pat Patterson special. I love it. Well, afterwards, we know Jerry Lawler is going to attack Bret Hart and, uh, it's all based on who's the real King. And in Brett's book, he wrote that there's a meeting between Hulk Vince and himself the day after King of the ring. Do you remember that? The three-way meeting? Is this where the conversation happens? It may have been. You know, and, and I think it was just, you know, to get to get to a point, let everybody get along and let's, uh, let's move this down the road. Context is King. Let's remember again, Hogan's going to stick around for the European tour. Uh, we covered that uh, exhaustively in our WrestleMania nine show. Uh, go check that out if you want to hear it, but we know that Hogan is not long for this world. He's going to go make thunder in paradise. He's going to take a break from wrestling. He's decided he's not having as much fun as he wanted, whatever. But we're also making 
Bret Hart here. It's the Bret Hart show at King of the Ring, but he's programmed with Jerry Lawler. The reason I bring that up is I think a lot of people assumed, well, the only thing that's keeping Bret out of the title picture is Hulk Hogan. But Yoko's still the champ. He just beat Hogan. So what's next for Yoko? Two and a half weeks after this King of the Ring, Lex Luger steps onto the uh the intrepid and body slams Yoko Zuna to launch the Lex Express. He's no longer We need a hero. God, man, think about it. we're doing this on the fourth of July. Yep. And you're going back 30 years now, 28 years, 28 years ago on this day, I would have been on the intrepid 107 degrees on the deck of this magnificent ship, people dropping like flies from heat exhaustion. And we're all down in the underneath and the quarters and all that and laying all this shit out and Bill Fralick. We got Bill Fralick from the Atlanta Falcons. I think he's from the Atlanta Falcons. Bill was a friend of JR's. But we had some studs there, man. We had some uh, you know, decent name football players and uh basketball players and athletes that came and Gave it their best shot to try and slam Yokozuna. None of them could do it until, by God, Lex Luger got the call. He was vacationing out on Massapequa Bay, and he rented a helicopter and and came on over to, to try. And thank God he got there in time. What's Brett's reaction to, I'm out of the title picture, but this new guy you brought in who didn't get over as a heel, he's in it now. He's Captain America. Brett was Canadian. (sighs) From Canada. Kind of like the Canadian strap match. Is that all you're going to give me? You know, it was, we were moving on and it was looking at the situation from trying to build multiple baby faces and multiple attractions and looking at Brett as King of the ring and working with Lawler, Brett pretty much at that point was made and trying to make, trying to make Lex, trying to elevate Lex as best we could. Context is King. So I just want to add some here for a minute. No, Brett was King. Okay. Historically. This has been regarded as a quote unquote, baby face territory. The good guys, the champ for years and years, a lot of other territories worked like when Ric Flair was the touring NWA champion, he's a heel. Um, and people would come to town I mean, he would go to town to town and take on the top baby face. And that's the way we thought we drove business, the baby face chasing, but that's not really the way the WWF did it. It was Hulk Hogan. It was Bruno. It's the baby face champ. And now we're moving away from that. Now it is this mean, nasty Yokozuna from Japan. Cause that was heat back then, brother. Um, so I get why you would say, well, yeah, then we need an American hero to slay him. That's sort of the formula for wrestling. But why does Yoko need the belt? Did we think that, Hey, this is a way to establish, as you said, Lex Luger in that spot, but there's also a way that you could have told that same story without the belt and let it be Brett, unless we just didn't have the faith and confidence in Brett to be our top guy. 
Well, originally we were thinking, you know, that Luger could be the guy, that Luger could be the guy to beat Yokozuna, and that I don't think that anyone really envisioned Yoko keeping the championship as long as he did. I'm not arguing Although that. Although that was intriguing. And, and, and to, to, again, clarify, it's we talk about Ric Flair being the champion and what have you. Those were during territorial days where you had a lot of different territories all over the country that didn't have the champion working there every week or every two weeks, if you will. The, the champion came in maybe – once, maybe twice, maybe three times per year that you had the champion and you built your baby faces all that time to face the champion, to go the hour Broadway, to push the champion to the limit, to hopefully, you know, get some kind of a return match if you had another date. In New York, it was, that was the territory. So their territory, they always had a baby face champion so the people could get behind their guy and they could root for their guy who was the champion to continue to be the champion and to continue to, to draw and, and be that guy. Um, so yeah, this was definitely a departure with Yokozuna. Um, but I think if there was anybody, it was like, if you could have had a run with Andre, I would love to have had a run with Andre as a champion is a heel. How the fuck are you going to beat this? giant and yoko was was in that same mold will you just say in a loud clear voice here uh that that you were taking the belt off of brett because you didn't have confidence in his ability to be the top guy so you wanted to try and just see what could happen with lex luger in the spot i didn't say that yeah i just need you to and then we can move on because but i'm not going because that's not the case it was again you're looking at trying something new and you'd build brett and now it's an opportunity to build multiple people did have confidence in Brett. You don't have to be the champion to, to be the if, uh, fuck the off. Bruce. If you had confidence in Brett, you wouldn't have fucked him around with the Hogan finish. That's not true. Yeah, it is true. No, if you had confidence truth. that he was your top guy, you would have moved on. What? If you if had, we had confidence in him, we would have just beat him and moved on. No, no, no. So I'm, so, done, I'm saying, no, 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 no. We wouldn't have kept him in a top spot. We wouldn't have continued <sighs> to push it on it. You can have more than one top guy. You can have, you know, you have to have a few top guys and a few attractions. Not arguing any of that. Go back to the beginning of the WrestleMania <laughs> formula. Whenever there is a world title shot on the line, the baby face retains the, the good guy comes away with the strap. He wins. It's a rah, rah celebration. So it was a change in philosophy. I'm with you on that. But my point is, if you really had faith and confidence in Brett, you wouldn't have reverted back to Hogan. And, and even if you realize the Hogan thing was a mistake, you would have said, you know what? We got to get back to where we were. Let's keep building this guy. We did. The Hogan thing was a short term and I'm not going to get into the whole fucking goddamn European uh, tour. Yeah, European tour. Cause again, that was a discussion. That was the reason why. And that's what we were doing. And did it work out that way? No, because it wasn't working, but it was always a short term deal. It wasn't a, oh, we don't have confidence in Brett. Let's put it on Hulk. Um, no, it was, let's put it on Hulk. We're going, we're going to have this short run. We have a short window with Hulk before he's going to go do Thunder in Paradise. Hopefully, hopefully we can get him to SummerSlam. But again, the, the, that all broke down in the middle. So there's but a it wasn't a lack of confidence by any stretch of the imagination. If you've got... 
if you've got two people and you've got one, you know, that again, traditionally has been a proven draw and you've got another brand new one that you can continue to build, but you've only got a short window for one of those and you've got long-term on the other. Well, if you've got an opportunity to use that star power to get other people over, then use it. Hey Bruce, did you realize that some of those big box stores, like maybe you need to go get some motor oil or some wiper blades or, you know, those big box car park stores, did you know they had two pricing tiers, one for mechanics and one for guys like me and you? I'm sorry. You're, you're going to have to explain that one to me. What do you mean they have two different what's going on here? Here's the deal. If you go into one of those big box retailers and you are a mechanic, then you have a special price. But if you're just regular Joe blow, like me and you, Bruce, they're going to charge you up to twice as much for the same parts at rockauto.com. They don't do that. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And you'll always get the lowest price possible. They don't have different pricing tiers like airlines do. It's not based on what the market will bear. It's the same great price every single time. And Bruce, they have everything you could ever need for your car. Hail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, whether it's for a daily driver or your classic car, everything can be delivered right to you directly to your door. And by the way, Bruce, the catalog at rockauto.com is so easy, even you can do it. Rockauto.com catalog is unique. It's easy to navigate and you get to quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, the specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need is at rockauto.com. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you get to that, how did you hear about us box? Please write the word wrestle. So they know that we sent you that's rockauto.com and at checkout, you'll see that. How did you hear about us box? Please write in the word wrestle and let them know Bruce Pritchard sent ya. So another memorable raw moment is Brett versus Bam Bam, where Lawler is uh, in the balcony cutting one-liners on Stu and Helen Hart while they're in the crowd. We've always heard that Brett had no issues with Jerry doing this, but did you ever hear anything to the contrary? <laughs> no. And for the most part, Jerry ran all of that by Brett and Stu and Helen because Again, the, the, the respect for, for Stu Hart and the respect for Brett and just uh, Helen Hart being one of the classiest women you'd ever want to meet in your life. Um, the epitome of just like, I, I, I can't even think of anybody ever, even of the kids or anybody ever talking about Helen getting upset and raising her voice or anything like that. She was the epitome of class. So yeah, it was, it was, it was funny to do that to that, to the matriarch of that family. Uh, at the same time, this angle is going on. Brett is working with Jerry a lot down in the USWA. Was he happy to do these deals? Is this part of his WWF contract? Is he paid separately for that? What can you tell us about this interesting <laughs> little talent trade that you guys were doing with USWA? I don't know that Brett was necessarily happy about going down and working in Memphis, but it was a, it was something to, to help Jerry out 
in Tennessee. Yes. We should mention Brett and Yoko in a cage on the house shows is going to draw 15,000 people for 155 grand at the arrowhead pond. There's gotta be something to this Brett Yoko thing, but we'll move on. SummerSlam Jerry Lawler is going to claim an injury and doink. The clown is going to take his spot. Uh, here it is from the observer Lawler comes out on crutches to do the old broken leg trick. He brought doink out as his replacement doink threw a bucket of confetti on the ringside crowd. And then threw a bucket of water on Bruce Hart, who was at ringside with Owen Hart. It said that Bruce Hart didn't know the bucket of water was coming. Please tell me that's real. That's real. I love you guys. And it feels like Owen would have known and just not told him, right? Probably. Maybe, maybe his idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they have a decent it, it match. Actually, it actually might've been Brett Owens idea. Idea. Yeah. So they have a decent match. Uh, and Melser says, but that was all it ended in nine minutes and five seconds when Brett got doink in the sharpshooter. And then Lawler broke a crutch over his head for the DQ star and a half. Whose idea was it? This pivot to uh, doink in there before Jerry. It was a way to get heat and it was, it was a way for, uh, you know, to kind of get a, a double, double match out of the thing and for Lawler to get heat, just, just that much more heat. It was a dickish thing to do. And then it was just, you know, we got the match later on, but yeah, it was definitely, this is a fun spot. Listen, I'm, I'm a big Southern wrestling fan, obviously growing up here in Alabama, but I understand there is an anti-Southern wrestling bias. Do you think Vince or anybody else had any concerns about Jerry Lawler's in-ring style that perhaps it was quote unquote too Southern? I think there was a concern, but you know what? Uh, Jerry's mouth, I think could always outweigh those concerns because oh, yeah. as soon as you put a microphone in Jerry's hands, Jerry was able to get any any heat and regain any credibility that he may lose. And Jerry knew how to adapt his style as well. Lawler was, you know, yes, he was a, a southern Tennessee guy that uh, worked that southern Tennessee style. However, when you got Jerry out, man, Jerry went Jerry went to Florida for Eddie Graham and and worked that territory and did big business. Jerry came to Texas with us and with Blanchard and did big money and was able to adapt his style to wherever he was. So I never, I never really looked at Jerry as, Oh, Hey, he's this, he's this Southern wrestler. I don't think Jackie Fargo would have gotten over anywhere else, you know, other than Tennessee. I don't think that Jackie, because of his style, was was something that um, he could have adapted. Jerry adapted. Some guys could, some guys couldn't. Man, I love talking old wrestling with Bruce. I love the nostalgia of uh, professional wrestling. I just love talking about the good old days, man. I think all of us get to a certain age. Uh, boy, that keeps coming up. I, I'm I'm going to be forty, and I I would just I'd like to talk about when I was ten forever because it just feels like I don't know like. The late eighties, early nineties. It's the golden era of music, of sports, of television, of wrestling. And, uh, I just remember, you know, getting up on the Saturday morning, getting those cartoons going, getting a little morning wrestling going. And then of course it was six Oh five, but the other constant was cereal. It's one of the best parts of being a kid, man. But then eventually you, you grow out of it. And for a lot of us, we grew out of wrestling and we grew out of cereal because we realized we shouldn't be eating this stuff. It's just filled with sugar. How was this ever a good idea? 
But now, it's fun again, thanks to Magic Spoon. I know this sounds a little silly, but Magic Spoon has figured out how to do this with zero grams of sugar. I don't even think that was possible. A great tasting cereal that reminds me of being a kid with zero grams of sugar and 13 or 14 grams of protein and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. How is this real? It must be magic spoon. It's only 140 calories a serving and check this out. How about this for a list? It's keto friendly. It's gluten free. It's grain free. It's soy free. It's low carb and it's GMO free. And you can even build your own box. Check this out. You can get a custom bundle with cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, and cinnamon. And you might even be an evil genius. What if you mix some cocoa and some peanut butter? It's going to taste just like a peanut butter cup. Go to magicspoon.com forward slash wrestle and grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code wrestle at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com forward slash wrestle and use the code wrestle to save $5 off. Thanks, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode and our nostalgic breakfast. It's back, baby. It's magicspoon.com forward slash wrestle. Uh, of course, at this point, Jack Tunney is going to order Jerry Lawler to wrestle Bret Hart, uh, because of doing the whole fake broken leg trick or be suspended for life. And of course, Hart uh, starts the match hitting Lawler with a bucket, pounding on him with a crutch. Lawler makes the comeback with shots from the second crutch. Uh, he's going to ram Brett's crotch into the post and start choking him with a crutch. Security is going to hold back Owen and Bruce. Eventually Brett comes back with a low blow, pulls down his strap, which was lost on the entire crowd and then used a pile driver came off the top rope with a punch and put on the sharpshooter for the submission in six minutes and 32 seconds. And Meltzer would write Hart kept the hold on for several minutes while several referees and road agents and family members stood around. It was finally announced. The decision was reversed and that by virtue of the win, Lawler had become king of the WWF. So I guess King is a new title, but it's under Mexican rules since it could change hands by DQ. Lawler ends up being carried out on a stretcher. And while on the stretcher, Bruce attacks Lawler. And as a match, it's maybe three stars, but the whole scenario from start to finish was worth four stars. Meltzer loved it. Loved the idea of showing the harder edge of Bruce, uh, not Bruce, but of Brett. Uh, good stuff, man. I mean, any sort of doubts you had about this decision creatively had to be quelled when you actually see him pull it off. Right. Yeah. They, I, dude, I knew they would because Lawler's that much of a pro and Brett's just that damn good. Um, but what is lost on a lot of people is Lawler did one thing at the very end of the night to me was the greatest heel move and just so simple after all the bullshit Lawler still had his crown and shit and they're wheeling Jerry out on the stretcher after he's been beaten to death by Bret Hart. He's been beaten by Bret's brother, Bruce and just, you know, all this crap and they're wheeling Jerry out. And right before Jerry goes through the curtain, 
He barely holds his arm up and his one finger saying, I'm number one, I'm the winner. Jerry couldn't move, couldn't, was so beat up, he's being wheeled out on a stretch, was able to barely get that arm up and then put that one finger up like, yeah, I'm the winner, I'm your king, and I may be on a stretcher, but I beat your guy. You love that and shit. To me, you? that's just genius. Loved it. Absolutely fucking. But that's, I mean, that's. That's the tale of a, of a true pro, of a guy that gets it, of a real heel. Right. That even when you have kicked my ass and left nothing else, I won. It <laughs> gets that last little right up the ass. It's beautiful. Pure beauty, Conrad. All right, Bruce, it's time to talk about something you and I both love talking about, and that's our pets. We've debated this for a long time, but I think it's clear now that Ginger is the official dog of something to wrestle that's been well-established. Yeah, well, Dodger is actually the official dog of something to wrestle with, Bruce Pritchard. And did you know that up to 80% of the immune system is influenced by the gut? I did know that. I did know that because I know about solid gold and Hey, don't you interrupt my commercial here. I've been carrying the heavy water for solid gold. I know your dogs love the dog, the dog, uh, the human grade bone broth, right? Absolutely. It goes on everything and they love it. So serious business. This is real. Okay. We're deviating from the script, but solid gold will be happy because this is real life in real life in the Pritchard household, in your refrigerator. If Stephanie opens the door and twists that cap, the dogs go nuts. True or false. Yes, every single one of them comes running with the little tails wagging, and they just, you know, they'll even take a sip. But they get it on their food, and they absolutely love it. And if you don't get that little pop, they're not as happy. So let me just explain. We believe in solid gold because we know it's good for our dogs. And you've been hearing us talk about solid gold forever. But you need to know your dog is going to love it, too. I mean, listen, when I was a kid, my mom tried to make me eat my vegetables. I didn't love that, okay? Your dog is going to love solid gold. This is real life. And by the way, A proper diet and digestive health is going to enable your pet to better fight environmental allergies. So if your your dog starts to age a little bit and get a little wonky, it's probably because you haven't been feeding homeboy the right food. Solid gold to the rescue. Don't take our word for it. This is the world's first holistic pet food company started way back in 74 by Sissy McGill. She was inspired by the idea that European pet food and European Great Danes outlasted their American counterparts. So she created a recipe that's still in use to this day and is helping our pets. And and, and we're not just talking about physically. We're talking our pets, mind, body, and spirit. High quality food is the key to solid gold. And it's something that you've been using for years now, right, Bruce? Absolutely. And solid gold's nutritional platform is inspired by their founding belief that high quality food is the best way to impact our pets, mind, body, and spirit. As you said, It's just like us. We want high quality food. Why should you deny your dog? Solid gold has revolutionized this holistic pet food category. And they have a recipe for any dog or cat's dietary needs, including healthy whole grain, grain free, wet food supplements like sea mail and Dodgers favorite 100% human grade bone broth for dogs. Solid gold foods are just different. They cleanse the digestive system with whole superfoods. They balance with living probiotics and they fuel with omega three and six fatty acids, supporting gut health and nourishing your pet, both inside and out. And solid gold is the place to do it. So right now to save 30% on select solid gold products, go to solid gold pet 
SolidGoldPet.com slash Russell. That's SolidGoldPet.com slash Russell to save 30% on select Solid Gold products. Remember, SolidGoldPet.com slash Russell. We love Solid Gold. Dodger does too. Uh, outstanding. Uh, and I've got to think that Vince McMahon fell in love with Jerry Lawler when he saw that one finger pop up, right? Absolutely. Because it was, it just showed how good he was that never stopped, never stopped working. Never forgot that that was the heat. By the way, it's also notable that this is the same show where Lex does not defeat Yoko for the title. So it's just a fascinating story to see how. Oh, Hogan's out at King of the ring. Well, did you hear that Brett won and had three badass matches? Oh man. Lex didn't really win the title. Yeah. But did you hear he had two really good matches, including an incredible scene with Jerry Lawler? He's in the backdrop, man, doing his thing. Uh, Brett wrote in his book that he had some receipts for Lawler in this match. Did you notice or feel anything for the heat between the two at all? I didn't know the the two ever had heat. He wrote in his book that uh, around this time, his contract was coming due and he wasn't completely happy about his creative, uh, Owen's cur- current placement, him not getting the win over Hogan, et cetera, et cetera. And he's even been thinking about taking a year off. Do you remember him discussing that with you or Vince that maybe he wants to take the year off? Yeah, I know he wanted to do, he wanted to go do some acting. I think he wanted, I think this was about the time that he wanted to go and do Sinbad and he wanted to go and do, um, Lonesome Dove, but he had some opportunities in the acting world. I think Brett kind of was feeling beat up and maybe not uh, loved as much as he would like to have been loved. This is going to be an interesting development. Stay tuned for this. It will become important later. Shawn Michaels walks out on the company. Uh, what is Brett and Shawn's relationship like at this time? We'll call it, you know, summer 93. I think they were friends. I mean, I, I think that they were. They were friendly, no animosity that I knew of. Is it just me or does it feel like it's special occasion season? We just have uh, mother's day in the rear view. Father's day will be here before you know it. It feels like everybody is graduating or getting married. Now is one of those times where the pressure is on to give the perfect gift for an anniversary or a wedding gift or a birthday or whatever. And that could be stressful, man, especially if they've given you gifts in the past. Now you feel like you have to give them a gift. But if you're like me, you don't want to half-ass the gift. You want to give the, the meaningful gift, the personable gift, the gift that's the talk of the party or the celebration. What you need to do is go to paintyourlife.com. And by the way, this is a great option if your family hasn't been able to get together for quite a while. This is a cool way to bring everybody together safely. Now, I need to mention, when I first heard about paintyourlife.com, I thought, well, this is a great idea, but it's got to be terribly expensive. Because I grew up on... You know, if you see some oil tycoon in a movie, he always had like a painting of himself over his fireplace. And I just associate it with, you know, the filthy rich. Turns out it's real affordable over there at paintyourlife.com. So affordable that I've given this in my real life a lot. For starters, I got one for a birthday and I was sold. It's hanging in my dining room right now. But for Christmas, I got my wife one of our wedding day. She loves it. Also hanging in our house right now. Worth mentioning? Got one from my mama, got one from my dad. And here's what's cool about that. My mom's third child is her dog. So we got one of her dog, but she also misses her dad. So got one of my grandfather. My my dad got a a photo of uh, his mom and my cousin got a photo of his dad who recently passed away. 
but even the old nature boy himself has not one, but two different items from paintyourlife.com. One of his beautiful day of celebration with his lovely bride, Wendy. And of course, who could forget his lovely daughters. I'm telling you, paintyourlife.com has my credit card number on file because I'm paying for all these. None of these are comps. I really believe in paintyourlife.com. This is a sponsor that I will get behind every single time because it's real. It is a truly meaningful, personable, special gift. It's a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo, all at a truly affordable price. This is real, guys. You choose from a team of world-class artists. You work with them until every doggone detail is perfect. The platform's super easy. You just take a picture right off your freaking phone and upload it to their user-friendly platform, and bam, in less than five minutes, you're off to the races. It really is a quick and easy process, too. You're going to get this hand-painted portrait in just about three weeks. And by the way, they can do anything. I was just mentioning I had multiple peoples in the photo. Hell, I even had a dog in one. But yourself, your children, a cherished pet, a special place, your whole family, you can combine photos into one painting. A guy at the office recently had a baby. Unfortunately, his dad passed away. So for uh, his mom's Christmas present, he gave her a painting of his son meeting her husband, his dad. The baby never met grandpa, but now paintyourlife.com made it happen. Dude, I got chill bumps just talking about that. This is the perfect gift for any occasion and it will be cherished forever. So here's the thing, man. If you don't like it, how about this for a guarantee? At paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the painting, your money's refunded, guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer. You can even get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, just text the word WRESTLE to 64,000. That's WRESTLE to 64,000. Text WRESTLE to 64,000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Terms apply. Available at paintyourlife.com forward slash terms. Again, text WRESTLE to 64,000. So even though Brett may be frustrated, um, disappointed, et cetera, et cetera, He's still not interested in jumping ship, at least based on this radio interview he did on the fan in uh, Toronto. I think it's 590. He called WCW the minor leagues, and he talked about how WCW isn't doing dress, drug testing, quote unquote, obviously. Um, this is not a directive. It's not like you guys are having meetings. And guys, if you go out there and you get a question on a media call about WCW, be sure to heal on them. That's not something you say. It's just guys know take care of us no yeah first of all if anything the director would have been not to discuss anything about wcw yes so that's right while he's there on this appearance he calls rick flair the most overrated wrestler of all time i think this is the first time that he publicly disparaged rick um Not a lot of love loss there, man. There, there, there really wasn't. I don't think that, uh, I, I think that Brett, Brett was so excited to work with Rick. And then when he did work with Rick, I don't feel that, that Brett, you know, well, obviously Brett wasn't impressed. And, you know, also on that, you know, Rick was on the other side of his career. He's at on that the downhill. Point. Yeah. And, and he wasn't wrestling the Ric Flair, Ric Flair in his prime. So, you know, I think that, you know, Rick fell into a, 
kind of fell into a rut at some point um, because I've seen Rick through the years, you know, Rick adapted to his opponents just as well as anybody. Rick did his spots, but everybody did their spots. And I just think that in, in Brett's mind, it was like, you know, the, the almighty Rick flair was going to be this magical thing. And, and by that time, I don't know that we had the magical Rick flair in that period. When, when you see, or you hear of reports that, Hey, Brett just went on another station, trashed WCW and said, Rick Flair is the most overrated wrestler of all time. What's the company stance on something like that? It feels like for years and years, you just don't acknowledge them. When this happens, is there even a discussion? I'm sure if somebody heard about it. I'm sure there'd be a discussion. Just say, Hey, we talk about us. We don't, we don't talk about our competition that they were even competition at that point. Well, the Hart family Lawler feud saga will continue as we're heading towards survivor series. And Brett said in his book, the crux of this happens one night at a hotel bar with Vince and Pat, where they're up until like three in the morning. And that this would eventually transition into a feud between Brett and Bruce Hart and the match at survivor series between the Hart family and Lawler and his knights is supposed to launch this Bruce versus Brett storyline. And Brett argued that it should be Owen, not Bruce. When Owen is the one who's not getting pushed. Looking back at it, obviously Brett was right, but was there real concern with the office about Owen's ability? There was no concern about Owen's ability. And, you know, I was in this bar discussion until the wee hours of the morning and the discussion stemmed from a, uh, an idea and a letter that Bruce had actually written either Vince or Pat. And we were discussing it with Brett thinking that, oh my God, this is a really good story. The family story. And, you know, (laughs) as I've discussed on here before, trying to pitch brother versus brother and brothers don't fight, pal. Um, I wish, I wish my older brothers knew that. Then maybe they wouldn't have kicked the shit out of me for all those years. Um, But it was Bruce's idea. It was his germ of the idea to do this whole thing with the brothers. And in discussing it with Brett, Brett was like, goes, man, he goes, I I love the idea. I just, I think Owen's better. I think Owen is, is the one he's here. He's talented. He's younger. He's the baby brother. He, he's got more of a story. Um, I think both, frankly, Bruce and Owen had a great story. You know, Bruce from the older brother and, and Brett stealing the limelight and getting all the glory that should have been Bruce's. Th- that's a great story, too. But we had Owen. People knew who Owen was. So Brett's point was, A, selfishly. Brett wanted to work with Owen. Right. Owen, I think, was probably the best worker of the entire family. And Brett knew that. Brett just felt that, man, Owen's the guy. Owen's the one you want to do it with. The the whole baby brother thing. And I, I think, you know, Vince may have called Bruce and said, hey, great idea. We're going to use you. But the spot going forward, I think we're going to do with Owen. And, uh, I think it was the right, that was definitely the right decision. I could relate to it being the baby brother. 
Um, I could definitely relate to all the things that Owen would despise about Brett as, as a baby brother, always being looked over. Was Jerry Jarrett with the company at that point? Who knows? Jerry- I mean, he was probably running it at that point. He probably was in charge and, and running the whole thing. Cause he's such a genius and that's what he was brought in to do. I'm pretty sure he was running everything. When you moved to Stanford, did you just become a bitter old fuck? Who's argumentative about everything? I'm just asking. No, I was a bitter old fuck long before. That's right. Did. That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. so, so Jerry, so Jerry Lawler, uh, comes under accusations regarding, uh, a second degree rape case in Memphis right before. Oh, then, then Jarrett was definitely still with, yeah, he was still consulting and shit at that point. CBD isn't about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel, which is stress, anxiety, and pain. Bruce Pritchard and I are feeling better. Thanks to our friends at feels. See, feels is a better way to feel better. Feels is a premium CBD that will keep your head clear and feel your best. It's hassle-free and delivered directly to your door. CBD naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. And there's no hangover or addiction. And I got to tell you, I didn't know anything about CBD a few years ago. I was nervous about this. I was worried because I didn't understand it. Now that I understand it, man, it has changed my life. I'm sleeping better than ever. I feel better than ever. I've even seen people whose lives have been really before and after with CBD. I mean, you got to see it to believe it. Here's how it works. You place a few drops of feels under your tongue and you feel the difference within minutes. The thing to remember about CBD is finding your right dose and how important it is. You see, everyone's dose is different. It's not like one size fits all, but once you get it dialed in, man, quality of life's going through the roof. At least that's been my experience. In fact, I feel so strongly about feels because they help handhold you and sort of guide you through this process. If you're a CBD beginner, you see feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. So you find the perfect dose. The feels customer service team is dedicated to making sure that you get the best use out of your CBD. Joining the feels monthly membership makes your self-care routine easy. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. So start feeling better with feels become a member today by going to feels.com slash wrestle, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F E A L S.com slash wrestle to become a member and get 50% off automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. That's feels.com slash wrestle. That's feels.com slash wrestle. That's F E A L S dot com slash wrestle. Check it out. You'll be glad you did. In my head, Jerry Jarrett would have loved the Brett Owen storyline. I don't know that Jarrett was even involved that much and, you know, even sitting in meetings at that point anymore, but I really don't know what. Jerry Jarrett would have loved or not loved other than certain things. Either way, it's a bad look for the company. When Lawler gets himself in trouble, we know ultimately this case is going to go away. Uh, but Vince McMahon is also, um, facing steroid stuff in this big trial that's happening. And Lawler's, uh, not the only guy from Memphis hanging around. Uh, Jarrett is as well. This is a chaotic time. 1993, you know, we're, we're trying to find our next champion. We're starting Monday night raw Hogan's finally leaving. Um, 
Vince is on trial for his life. One of our mainstays, one of our big featured programs is going to come under fire when there's a charge. It's a lot of moving parts here in 93, man. Yeah, it was definitely a challenging time to say the least. And it was, um, one of those where you, you hated, <laughs> you, you hated to answer the phone because you were afraid of what ball was dropping at that point. So we've talked about it before. We'll circle back to it. Now we know that the uh, replacement for Jerry Lawler is going to wind up being Sean Michaels. And, uh, I think Sean makes that big reveal with a little help from his friend, Rio Rogers. Uh, tell us about why Sean was the right guy to replace Lawler, uh, who reached out to him, how you guys put the band back together since he had walked out on the company. And, uh, what you remember about this Rio fellow being so tight with Sean, man, we, we were grasping at straws really. And Sean was out there and I believe Vince made the call that, you know, Hey, look, we, we need to figure this out need to bring you back in. So we did a, uh, we did a Rio's roundup with this, uh, wonderful talent who, was stuck in a really horrible, shitty gimmick called Rio Rogers doing a Dusty Rhodes voice. It was absolutely horrible. Um, I hated it. And this was one of those where, you know, as I said before, the Jerry Jarrett was with the company because Rio Rogers was Jerry Jarrett's idea. So if anybody wants to throw any hate on Rio Rogers, you can throw it right to Jerry Jarrett. Um, I thought it was a silly, stupid horrible idea. Um, I did dusty to entertain myself and others and dusty and shit. And, I, and, and to me, it was just a, a rip off. Um, not good in any way, shape or form enough about that. Uh, we did, we had one week, we had one week to build the damn thing. So we did a, a Rio's roundup at uh, Stu and Helen's heart, Helen Hart's house where we interviewed them. um, had people in, in old people masks and all that wonderful shit. And that was done at the late great Howard Finkel's home. The Rio's roundup with Shawn Michaels going to the heart mansion. Tremendous. Yeah. I was like, think I need your house. Oh, uh, what, what exactly are you looking for? Bruce? It's going to be Stu and Helen's house. It'll be the heart dungeon of the, the, the mansion. Oh, I'm not sure that that really will depict it. Howard, your house is perfect. <laughs> and, uh, and next thing you know, it was like, oh, when will we be doing this? The crew is on their way. <laughs> Sean and I will be there shortly. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that was, I mean, seriously, that's how quickly it happened and how, how fast everything came together where, okay, where are we going to do this? Well, Vince's house is too nice. Pat's house is too nice. I didn't have a house. I had a little shitty condo. And uh, the Fink's house was perfect. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. Hey, SaveWithConrad.com has been saving people money everywhere all across the map. Justin up in Kernersville, North Carolina, left us a five-star review. And he said, Jimmy and Jennifer were amazing. The process was very clearly communicated. And I knew the status of my loan every step of the way. I was able to cut a point and a half from my interest rate and save $180 a month. It was an extremely smooth transaction and completely stress-free. Kudos to you guys. 
Now, kudos to you, Justin, for hearing our commercials here on the podcast and deciding, you know what, this is worth a shot. It's no cost. It's no obligation. I don't need perfect credit. And if they can't save me money, they won't waste my time. So what am I waiting for? Justin did it and he's saving 180 bucks a month. How much money can you save? Find out right now for free at savewithconrad.com. And oh yeah, we're licensed in more than 40 states. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender, savewithconrad.com. I love that that's always the go-to. Hey, who do we know who has something like that we can use? Let's just go. Exactly. <laughs> and... and we had Sean fucking flying in. We had the crew getting ready to go and go light and set up. And I had no idea what the fuck we were going to do at all. It was like, just, and so I sat down for a few minutes, came up with something and got Sean and talked to Sean and we just did it. Obviously it's a bad spot for everybody, but I'm sure in, in a, in a weird way, it's not ideal. They'd love to have a regular payoff, but. Brett probably had to be excited about working with Sean, right? He knew it'd be a good match. Yeah. I mean, yes. I, I don't think that it was, it's it not, was so much of that is it was, there was no payoff to yeah, the Waller story at that point. And that was kind of disappointing. Um, there's a famous story that maybe this match didn't have everybody involved in it. That actually we saw that night. It's Bruce Keith. Easy for me to Bruce? say. Bruce, Keith, Brett, Bruce, and Owen. Bruce, baby, Bruce, Bruce and, and Keith, they were all in there, baby. Own, own, not Owen, own, own heart, own heart, and Bruce. It's Shawn Michaels, the Blue Knight, the Red Knight, and the Black Knight. Yeah. The Blue Knight was Greg Valentine. The Red Knight was Barry Horowitz. And the Black Knight was Jeff Gaylord. Not that anybody gave a shit. But originally, one of these nights was supposed to be someone else, right? Well, actually, there were there were a couple of someone else's on this evening. Um, one of those someone else's was a gentleman um, from Knoxville, Tennessee, by the name of Glenn Jacobs. Wow. Was possibly going to be one of those nights. I think as the rumor in innuendo goes, there was also discussion about perhaps one of them being Jim, the anvil Nightheart, and maybe a third one that was pretty famous too. Yeah. Well, the one, that, the one that was flown in for it and actually had the outfit and a match built around was, um, gentleman that, uh, went by the name chain soft. Charlie was supposed to be in that damn match. It's crazy to think Oops. about that. Terry Funk story, catch everybody up. They wanted. I think the original creative was he was going to lose and, uh, maybe didn't like it, or maybe that's just a coincidence because some around the same time, I think he got a report from the ranch that sadly one of his horses had, had fallen sick. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, we were, we were laying out some different ideas. One of the ideas was since we had, you know, Greg Valentine and Terry Funk, two major names, and, and Neidhart was thrown in there as well. Um, but you had major names that would be a part of it that as they were eliminated, they would be unmasked. And it would be like, oh, holy shit, that was Greg Valentine. Or, oh, holy shit, that was the Anvil. Holy shit, that was fucking Terry Funk. Oh, my God. Um, and... In going over the match over several drinks the night before, 
Brett might have um, told Terry this, and Terry was, I think Terry was fine being a knight, but I don't think Terry was fine being unmasked as being a knight. Um, and <laughs> had had the had the stuff there for him, and Terry folded up the the outfit, and I think he gave it to either Brett or one of the other heart members and uh, left me a message. Pritchard, gotta go home. My horse is, tell Vince my horse is sick. That's the best part. And, uh, tell Vince. Yeah. yeah. Well, the match is a fucking train wreck. Uh, they go nearly 31 minutes. Meltzer would say it's way too long and it just didn't work. They tried to plug Michaels into the Lawler spot and claim Michaels had been insulting the family all this time. And anyone who actually watched the TV knew better. Michaels just couldn't carry interest. And the Knights came off as jobbers and Ray Combs as the announcer totally buried Bruce and Keith to the TV audience, acting like they weren't even wrestlers. Um, it's a, it's a bad look star and a half, but here's the deal. After the match is when things really get cooking. Owen comes back out and starts arguing with Brett to start his heel turn as his mother starts to weep. And it's all a backdrop to Owen losing. But the big question I guess we should ask is how did everybody feel about Bruce and Keith being on a national stage? I mean, we all know and love Brett and Owen, but Bruce and Keith, this is sort of their cup of coffee in the big time. Well, you know, it was a heart family. So just along with their last name, notwithstanding their talent, they had credibility with the audience because they were members of the Hart family and the Hart family was as much a part of this entire thing as anything else. So yeah, I, I, they didn't embarrass themselves by any stretch of the imagination. It was just, unfortunately hadn't been in the ring in a while. Uh, styles clashed and the match was God awful. But again, as you say, it was all kind of a, it was just a backdrop to get to the jealousy angle with Owen and Brett. Why do you think Owen did here? I mean, Brett is really helping elevate his brother in this storyline, but they do such a great job. It's going to become arguably the premier feud in the whole company. And let's again, let's talk about the magic of Brett Hart. He starts this year. 93 as the champ. He loses it to uh, Yokozuna pretty controversial fashion, but bounces right back. Three big time performances becomes King of the ring and immediately starts a hard, a hot angle with Lawler. Lawler gets himself in some trouble. Well, he beats the rap, but either way, it's unfortunate. We don't get the payoff, but I'll be damned if somehow Brett isn't able to turn it into chicken salad again. Okay. Lawler's out. Fuck. Now we're doing it with Owen and it's going to be great. And everybody's going to love it. And it was great. And everybody did love it. I think it was about a hundred times better than most anticipated. I think people, um, inside and out thought that, all right, a short little story, but it was something that everyone could relate to for the most part. Um, at least those that have siblings could definitely relate to a longstanding ongoing rivalry that one word would set you off on in another year long of not speaking to each other and different shit. So, um, I just thought, you know, that Brett looking at it 
from where he was that I think now he was kind of in a happy place working with Owen. It's so fun to go back and look at this stuff. We should also remind you that the big, uh, kicked your leg out from under your leg deal is going to happen in January. This is November. That's at the Royal rumble. So we're building to that, but in between times, we're going to see Brett and Owen start teaming more to more build that family storyline. When did you guys know you had struck gold? Did you know right here at survivor series or was it Royal rumble or perhaps WrestleMania when it's, you know, a really featured match. I think that first of all, right here, the way that Owen portrayed it, but by the time that we got to the Royal rumble and there was such real heat with Owen that, that people were like, Oh, come on, man. You know, it's your brother. Um, it, it Royal rumble was kind of the aha moment of, this has legs, <laughs> you know, not even, not even to the point of getting to SummerSlam, but it was like, holy shit, this has legs. This is mania. And then we got into the whole, you know, double mania stuff that we, we got into at that point. But Owen's performance in November was, was so good that you kind of went, okay, man, yeah, we can get to, we can get to the rumble with this and, not really thinking much longer than that because that was the original idea was you get to a match. Um, boy, did it have legs though. And, and the aha moment was probably at the rumble more so because that's where you felt the audience, the audience was invested in this. It's really a remarkable story and, uh, we've talked a lot about it. We're going to talk some more about it. If you want to hear more about it right now, check out our Owen Hart episode in the archives. Let's finish up our talk about 1993 though. I do want to ask, is it determined before the end of the year that the rumble is going to be Brett and Lex winning together and Brett coming out as champion at WrestleMania 10? When did you know, Hey, this is what we're doing. Never. You, you know, the reason that they came out uh, together was because we didn't know who was going to come out at champion at WrestleMania. The jury was still out on Lex. And I think that, uh, it kept your options a, open. I'm sorry. It kept your options open. Well, it kept your options open and it was an opportunity for Lex to either step up and, and be the guy. Um, but more than anything, it was kind of like, look, we got to get bred into this, but we've, we've invested so much in Lex that maybe Brett beats them both, uh, Lex and Yoko. There, there were just so many different ideas going around. Did we, you know, do we go to a match on TV or something with Lex versus Brett to get the opportunity at Yokozuna? And everything just kind of fell into place. The, the double matches and the winner uh, facing Yoko. Um, Is this the first time you saw Vince with no answer? I'm not, no, I, because it was, there were answers. There were two answers. Well, it but, was but, just, how do you get to, how do you get to it? Why ad free It's simple. It's early and ad free. 
Why wait for your favorite shows to drop when you can listen as soon as they stop recording? There's no need to wait. You can access it all before anyone else can. Plus, no ads. No one telling you what to bundle or how to keep that man part standing tall. None of that. It's just straight content from all your favorite hosts, including Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff, Kurt Angle, and the rest of the team. That's not all. You also get immediate access to watching their reactions live on video as well. So don't put it off any longer. Do it now. You won't be disappointed. Start enjoying all the podcasts you love early and ad-free at adfreeshows.com. Get your something to wrestle gear at brucepritchard.com and check out boxagimmicks.com, the official something to wrestle store, where you can find gimmicks for yourself or the fan in your life. New items added weekly. I'm with you on there. There could be two potential things, but it feels like, and I could be wrong. I don't know him. It feels like at times, based on what we've heard, he sort of has his vision for uh, what he thinks the top of the card needs to look like. And sometimes, and this is, you know, before you were back, there were fans online chirping about, oh, Roman Reigns this, Roman Reigns that. And of course, these days we know Roman Reigns is over like nobody's business, but we don't talk about current stuff. I'm just trying to bring up a point that I feel like this is one of the few times, maybe the first time since you had been there where you could wonder, man, he always has it together. He always has the answer. But he's not confident in this answer. Yes, there are two possible answers, but normally he's pretty decidedly where well, this is what we're doing. Maybe not some of the undercard stuff, but for the top thing, the direction of the company, this is the first time it sort of feels like a ship without a sail. And by the way, that's not necessarily his fault. Let's not forget in the background, he's on trial for his whole fucking life. There's a lot of shit going on. Yeah. And, and again, it, it wasn't. Oh, we don't know what we're doing. We knew what we were doing. We just knew we had two options. And it was, that's a good problem to have when you, when you have two options and you have two ways to go. Um, again, I'm just saying to add context, we've talked about this before with regard to Shawn Michaels, where he would say, God damn it. Stop telling me he's a baby face. That little son of a bitch will never be a baby face. And then fast forward a few months, I've been telling you guys, he's a baby. So he flip-flopped, but he was solid in his convictions either way, right? It's not like he's wishy-washy, like, well, it could be this, could be that. Whether it's right or wrong, it feels like he always had, no, this is our guy. What's fucking wrong with you? You know, and he was solid in his conviction. It could go either way. Um, I think hindsight being twenty twenty. If I were a betting man, I would think that Brett, I mean, that Vince was solid in his conviction that it was going to be Brett, but he didn't want to let anybody know. And the talk of it being Luger and people going, it could be either or, it was a pick em. To me, if he, if, he thought, if he thought it was Luger, he would have decided by SummerSlam. Just beat Yoko at SummerSlam. But if, when he didn't no. go that way, it feels like. You know, if he was really sold on him, he would have did it, but he didn't. So it's going to be Brett. Maybe let's keep it going. Um, let's also talk about some Meltzer speculation. Uh, Owen, the, the Owen storyline was modeled after the Bruno San Martino, Larry Zabisco storyline. Do you think there's any comparison there? No, not at all. Thank I you. That's a stupid comparison. Okay. Uh, do you want to explain well, no, why? It wasn't. This was based in family. This was based 
in family and jealousy. This wasn't based on you trained me, Brett. Now I'm going to turn my back on you. This was from day one as a child looking up to your older brother. You don't have to get hot about family. it. I do get hot about it it's, it, because yeah, he made a comparison. He didn't make an accusation. You're, you're hot at a comparison. I hate him. Fuck. This is, this is exhausting. Oh, uh, Brett, are you, in, are you tired Conrad? I'm tired of this show. I mean, it feels like you're just irritable and fussing. I mean, I heard what you did. I'm not to irritable and fussing. Oh, you're irritable and fussing about everything. I'm not fussing about nothing. Great. Brett Hart ends 93 on new year's Eve in Williamsport, Pennsylvania in front of a packed house of 2,500 people is going to defeat IRS in the main event. It's probably the most 1990 thing, 1993 thing possible. Uh, this is a weird year for Brett. He's the guy. He's not the guy. He's kind of the guy. Is this the year that maybe solidified Brett to Vince that if nothing else, he's Mr. Reliable. I think if nothing else, he's Mr. Steady and reliable. Yeah. Always there. He's always going to deliver and do what you want. He's always going to be, be that guy, the guy that always delivers and gives you what you expect. I want to, I want to ask here too, is this also perhaps, and I'm just freestyling. Is this also perhaps when he realizes he is steady, he is reliable, but he's not exactly the superstar that we're, we hoped for. I think Vince kind of still looked at it as we'll get there. I really do. I think that Vince wanted it for Brett and figured we will get there. Maybe it's just going to take a little bit longer than we anticipated. Hindsight being 2020. And again, I realize timing is everything, but do you think his whole, the Hart family, the Canadian stampede, the, the anti-American, the Canadian hero, do you think that thing could have worked? in 94 for Lex and Brett with Lex being the all American Patriot. No, 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 okay. No, I, I don't think that any, I, you know, unfortunately I don't think Lex, Lex could have come off genuine on either side of that. You know for, what I mean? Forget Lex for a minute. I'm really trying to ask a question about Brett. Do you think, cause I think Brett's 1997 is fucking masterful. I think if you take Brett's 1997, you can put it up against almost anybody as far as the promos, the in-ring work, the character work. I was more invested in Brett's 1997 creative body of work than any other year by a mile. And it felt real. And I guess my question is, was we're trying to find, okay, he's our steady, reliable. He's always going to have good matches, blah, blah, blah. But that's him as a baby face. Do you think Brett could have turned that knob to 11? as the Canadian hero here in 94 and been a heel. No, because he wasn't the Canadian hero yet. I think okay. Brett needed that run as a champion and as the end all be all to get you to that point. I see. That makes sense. Uh, let's do some questions here from fans. We've got Ontario Wildman podcast. Uh, I guess we're getting creative with how we're plugging here. Uh, was selecting Brett Hart to become the main event guy, a strategic move to redirect eyes and change people's minds of what wrestlers are supposed to look like because of the steroid trial or was Brett truly picked because he was supposed to be the next Hulk Hogan. So, uh, we didn't talk about the steroid trial, but I do think that's worth mentioning. You want a guy who can be your poster boy, who doesn't look like the anabolic warrior, as I think some have called the ultimate warrior. 
that has to play yeah, just some... goose in, in California call them that then. but anyway um, I think you don't know the 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 idea to change the idea to give a completely different presentation yes but how Brett was picked was looking at specifically reaction that he had received on the last few international tours, his dependability and the length of time that he had been there and to be something different, not to be the next Hulk Hogan. And that's where we made the mistake in sometimes saying, well, would we have done this with Hulk? Brett wasn't Hulk. It was right. different. And that, and that was also the beginning of it, man. We got, we got to present different Then we would ask the question. So uh, that was on us, but Brett was, the guy, because he was a dependable guy, solid, you knew exactly what you were getting, and there was a groundswell, and you look at the international audience that felt that, hey, man, this guy's a megastar. But steroids had a little bit of something to do with it. I mean, it, when we did our Kevin Nash episode years ago, one of our first ones when we talked about Kevin coming over, you were pretty plain about saying, oh, yeah, he's huge, he's jacked, and he's clean. So that has Kevin to Nash be being clean? Yeah. As far as being champion, or I, I'm sorry, I, I lost context. But no, Brett. Brett was definitely a different look, and wasn't he? Wasn't someone that people were going to look at and say, "Oh, look at this guy. He could be yeah, right, right, on something unnatural." So yeah. Uh, and it's a shame that you guys didn't go with Tito. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, Greg says uh, Brett wrote in his book that there were plans for Brett versus Warrior at the Royal Rumble and Brett versus Hogan at SummerSlam. Are any of those statements true? We've talked about Brett and Hogan, but we didn't talk about Brett and warrior. That is worth mentioning. Let's back up to the Royal rumble. 1993. We're on the heels of survivor series. 92. We're on the way there. Warrior gets himself in trouble. He's out of the main event. He's out of the company. And instead, Mr. Perfect comes out to replace him. So now in theory, we need a new challenger. If that was ever the plan, was it ever the plan? Brett and warrior rumble 93. Not that I ever remember now. Uh, Chris says during commentary of WrestleMania nine, it was mentioned that there was a kayfabe incident between Lex and Brett the day before the event was a feud between the two considered. Do you think Brett could have given Lex great matches and why didn't the feud happen? So during the commentary, somebody said there was a kayfabe incident between Lex and Brett. Well, they didn't say kayfabe, but they did say there was an incident at our press event or earlier in the day or earlier this weekend. It was alluded to multiple times during the narcissist match and, uh, promos with Lex and things like that. That was probably just to build the anticipation of a possible Brett versus Luger one-on-one, nothing I, more, nothing less. I'm with you on that, but it didn't happen when he's narcissist. We know that eventually we were going to see some different stuff, but who got cold feet on that is the question. Is that, I, is that around the time that Vince starts to think better of a better use of Lex? Because no, that's that was a one day. All that was, was a one day thing talking about what could happen later on tonight, possibly, but not, not if you're saying it was that to allude to a future program. No, that was a, that night to create interest and to be talking about, Oh, Hey, this could happen. Oh, they think, well, God damn, we're going to see Lex and, and Brett tonight. Uh, Will Blackwell says what wrestler today in any organization would you compare to Brett in regards to his technical in-ring skills, as well as his ability to tell stories inside the ring? Hmm. Is there a modern comparison to Brett? I mean, there's probably a few, um, 
off the top of my head. I can't think of any, but yeah, there are probably a few. Daniel Bryan, and maybe. I think that Daniel Bryan would would be a great example. I mean, I just freestyled that one, but he's, yeah, no, he's, I think Daniel would be be an excellent example. Uh, last one, then we'll wrap this one up. Uh, Matthew Klein wants to know: Was there ever thought to turning Brett heel in '93 to work with Lex and give him a string of star making matches? I sort of asked about him as the Canadian hero version of the heel, but would Brett as a heel have worked at all? I don't think it, it, you know, we, we tried it before. Um, but I, I don't think that it would have worked at that time. I think that you still needed the time of Brett being that hero before you could turn him heel and really make it mean something. I'm not sure that the working with Lex would have helped anybody. Uh, help me understand. Um, Brett is a heel real fast. W- would that have been the way the SummerSlam thing would have happened with Hogan? If the Hogan Brett thing would have happened, it's hard for me to imagine Hogan being a heel, or would you have tried a true baby face versus baby face match that a lot of people didn't think really worked with warrior Hogan? Yeah. If anything, it would have been a baby face match, which is another reason not to do it pretty much. Yes. So let's talk about what we are going to be doing next week. We're finally here. We've talked about it for a long time. Our topic next week is Trish Stratus. This is going to be a fun show. Is it not? I love me some Trish Stratus. Trash Stratus. Whatever her name is. She was a hell of a hand. Uh, We'll be back in two weeks with in your house, nine international incident. And uh, we'll talk about what could have been with the ultimate warrior and He's out. Psycho Sid is in. I love 1996. Then we'll skip forward 10 years to Great American Bash 2006. We'll hit up an Ask Bruce Anything to wind down the month of July. Uh, and then we've got some really fun stuff planned for you. I knew there was an Ask Bruce Anything somewhere in there. We're going to hit Farouk in August. We're going to hit uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine and Bam Bam Bigelow and In Your House Mind Games in September. We've got an old Saturday night's main event from October of 87 coming to you this October. We're finally going to talk about in your house, 11, the buried alive match. Uh, just going to be a fun time, man. We've got a lot of fun shows planned to the end of the year. You can get all the shows early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com. And if you've got a question for the show, the easiest way to ask, especially if you've got one for Trish, hit up Twitter, hit up social media right now. It's at Pritchard show. He is at Bruce Pritchard and I am at, Hey, Hey, it's Conrad. But unfortunately we are out of time. We'll be back next week talking all about what'd you call her? Trish Stratus. Yeah, sort of my. See, my, I get the ush at the end. Trish Stratus, one of the most hardworking, from nothing to becoming a megastar of uh, superstars we've ever had. I'm pumped to talk about her. We haven't done a lot of lady profiles, and I'm looking forward to this one. We'll see you next week, right here on Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. That's me. Is that other guy? What, I mean, what's the deal with him? Oh, you mean- I mean, he was in your house. That's what was so confusing to me when he called me last week. Wait, Jimmy was in my house. I thought it was Steve. I don't remember giving Tom the code. Did you give Billy Bill. the gate code? Billy didn't have the gate code. No, Rodriguez. Oh no. He's only here on Wednesdays with Silva. Gotcha. All right. Well, tell Ben it was really nice working with him. I'll be sure to let Philip know, man. And, uh, I'll let him know to, uh, be ready to talk to you next week about your stratus. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Rock on. So a lot of us have been through this, you know, finding that person you want to spend the rest of your life with is great, but you hate all the pressure of what's next. Of course, there's all the engagement talk, but then there's the pressure from actually shopping for a ring, hassle, haggling, finding a store to trust, trying to figure out the four C's discounts, sales, coupons, styles, and all the other nonsense. But at least those are all fantastic reasons to put off getting engaged. And that's why guys really hate Steven Singer. He takes away every excuse in the book about not buying the ring. And he makes it so easy. I hate Steven Singer. Steven Singer is a Philly jeweler that has been making it so easy to buy real diamonds for over four decades. He specializes in diamond engagement rings and has a staff of real experts, real jewelers, real people that are ready to help you find the perfect ring or gift at the perfect price. There's no call center. There's no sales. There's no haggling. There's no coupon codes. There's no discounts, just the best price possible guaranteeing the best value every single day. Check Steven out at the other corner of eighth and Walnut and Philly. And by the way, they're open now. You don't need an appointment. Just stop by or online. at I hate Steven singer.com always with fast and free shipping. That's I hate Steven singer.com. Or if you're in the area, go check him out anytime at the other corner of eighth and Walnut and Philly. As for me here in Alabama, I'm going to check out. I hate Steven singer.com and you should too. Hey, got a quick question for you. If somebody came along and said, Hey man, what if you could retire 15 years faster, but it's going to cost you about an extra hundred dollars a month right now. Would you do it? Is your future, your financial future and meeting those long-term financial goals worth a hundred dollars this month? If the answer is yes, well, Jessa from El Paso, Illinois has an idea. We hooked her up. She gave us a five-star review for SaveWithConrad.com and had this to say. Derek helped us go from a 30 year loan to a 15 year and his team was able to cut our interest rate nearly in half. That's right. Half. It's worth the paperwork. Thank you so much. Think about what we're talking about here, folks. If you have a 30 year loan and you could pay it off in half the time for like an extra three bucks a day, what are we doing? Nobody wants to be 60 or 70 and making house payments. And if you don't make a plan to get out of debt right now, you're going to wake up one day look around and say, uh, I can't retire. I got to keep working because I haven't paid our house off. It's your biggest piece of debt. And I understand that can be overwhelming, but it's that old cliche, right? How to eat an elephant one bite at a time. That's what we got to do here, guys. Let's get out of debt faster. And the first bite is at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. By the way, we're licensed in more than 40 states. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. But if you're in a 30-year loan, you need to go to savewithconrad.com right now. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? Yeah, how many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.